Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wooten Wise Show. I am Josh Wise. Today is Friday, the 16th of September. We have just finished Thursday night football and we look ahead to the rest of the week two in the NFL. And I'm joined on the hotline bling by my buddy, Josh Woot. How are you going? That's right, people. Don't worry. I'm here. You're I'm here. here. Ready to go. Bit of a revolt. Bit of a role reversal from early on in the week where you were at the home base and I was on the road and now we've done a little bit of a the old switcheroo. Got to keep the listeners on their toes. Yeah. Got to keep the listeners so on their toes. We'll, we'll have a game every week. Where is it? Who's on the phone this week? Every every just week's a surprise. Dollar eighty seven lines. Just uh, pick them. Yeah. Uh, Over under on how many phone calls for the month? For the month. All right. Speaking of last week, we uh, we went eight, seven, and one each. We had some differences, but it panned out all right. Uh, so we went eight, seven, and one. Obviously, the lines move um, in the lead up to them. So you know, it's as of recording um, and as of uh, predictions that we we stick with the lines. And uh, you made some few late changes. So keep an eye out for that. If we do make any late changes, they'll be announced on Twitter. Uh, if you're not on Twitter and you're like, oh, what about Facebook? Just please get with the times. Twitter is where it's at. And speaking of Twitter, we had the NFL streamed on Twitter today. That was amazing. It was amazing. Some of the some of the Twitter comments were very frustrating. <laughs> some some of the things that people say just you know it bong- <laughs> it boggles my mind. Unbelievable. But, you know there there is some you know interesting. Uh, opinions out there that yep. lead to discussion. It's great. It's great, and the and the quality was good. There was some people complaining, but it never, nothing went wrong with my stream. It was flawless. The only thing that bugged me is that even though commercials aren't the greatest thing, the Twitter commercials were so repetitive. Yeah. So, so there was that so one with the music and that chick, and she was had that they like had, had the hat. They had maybe a total of four ads. That you saw over five thousand times but during the, during the broadcast. One but, one of them was the ad for the Game Pass that we'd never seen because they don't obviously advertise Game Pass on Game Pass, and it had um, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner Shaq Khan in the pool. And I'd seen so many oh, memes yeah. and photos of that like the last month, and I didn't understand it, and now it makes sense. Yes, um, terrific owner, just terrific owner. The guy looks like he has so much fun. Yeah, he's unbelievable, and. Uh, my my pet peeve with it was you can't check your notifications and and stuff while you're on it. You can only tweet underneath, which which I think they'll probably find out a way to fix it. It's um it's a pretty amazing platform, like across like all your devices. Like I watched it on my iPad at one point, my phone, and then my laptop. My only issue was when my internet sort of lagged, and that was not Twitter's fault. Is it got very pixelated at times, but other than that, it was like so crisp, and it was ahead of. TV coverage, which is yeah, which that was even that was even crazier. Huge. Yeah, you could tell on the tweets who was watching it on TV and who was watching it on Twitter. Yeah, especially um, especially for the uh, the uh, Goodwin touchdown. Unbelievable. Uh, let's mention that 
let's just talk about Thursday Night Football now. Like, we'll obviously merged in. We'll get to some news in a minute. But, yeah, Revis Island, torched by Marquise Goodwin for an 84-yard touchdown bomb. It was torched last one week. Of us, I think one of us made a, a prediction that he was going to get torched frequently this season. I can't remember if that it was you or me. Correct. I'm pretty um, sure that was you. Yeah, Which I is know, strange because you're a you're a Revis you know you're a big Revis fan. I'm a Revis believer, but the guy aged 40 years overnight. The guy is I don't know. It's like he has a walking frame out there. <laughs> saying that though, saying that though, the guy people Todd Bowles has to understand that the guy's getting older. He needs safety help. They need, that well, could have been they move into safety. The How's that could have been avoided with safety help. Pardon? What if they just move into safety? I think that's the better option. Interesting. I think that's, no, I a, I think that's a much better I option. Know. I think Revis is still very, very good cover corner, I think, on the comeback routes and the short things like that. But yeah. when, when it comes to just flat-out speed, plus Marquise Goodwin, Olympian, like yep. <laughs> that, that kind of speed, no one's going to cover him. So, I do I love mean, there's I, a little... I do love in our preview, I was like, you just mark up Sammy Watkins and then go, hey, Tyrod, a day to beat us with Marquise Goodwin and Greg Salas. And that's exactly like the two touchdowns that he had with him to Goodwin and Greg Salas. It was amazing. Yeah. Good call. Um, Good you, call. You mentioned before about Twitter about some interesting perspectives. It was funny. Um, one, I'm shocked that you are surprised that there is um, some absolute morons on the internet. And two, um, I think Rap Sheet took like a screenshot of him watching it on Twitter and like one of the... Like, one of the tweets underneath was like, this guy was like, I'm going to go for my second help of ice cream. Hashtag Thursday oh, yeah, Night I Football. Saw that. I saw that. Yeah, and I then that. I quote hilarious. tweeted Rap Sheet, and I was like, I hope, and then I tweeted the guy at Gripper Grove or whatever, and I was like, I hope Gripper Grove enjoys his ice cream. And then he tweeted us back a photo of his ice cream and then followed us. So, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, that was that yeah. was incredible. The, the fact that, people are just watching it from the comfort of their own home is just terrific. Yeah, I love it. It's sick. It. Um, Alright, let's just talk about the rest of this game. Obviously, Rebus Island was a was a low point for the Jets, but the rest of it was was all positive news for for the Jets, despite pretty much dominating. Found themselves down in the third quarter after a couple of, you know, just a bad minute and a half, but let's just talk about this Jets offense. Obviously, it was dominant. They they dominated first downs, 28 to 15, time of possession. They had 39 minutes to 20, total yards, 493, thanks to 100 yards and three touchdowns from Forte, who's looking like a, an absolute buy. Imagine this Bears team if they kept Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, and Greg Olson, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be any good. <laughs> Still not? <laughs> Controversial. No, no, no. I mean, Fitzpatrick was being compared to Joe Namath. I mean, that's the kind of game he had. That's was, the kind of. Game. It was unbelievable, and I saw a lot of tweets like and stuff on Facebook was like, "Is Ryan Fitzpatrick a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL?" I'm settle down a little bit. It's you know one game. He was not very effective last week, but is Fitzpatrick elite? <laughs> that kind of thing. No, but he he everything he threw was perfect. Was, when did he learn was, to throw the ball so accurate, so deep in the last four days? Unbelievable. The beard grew back. The beard grew back. <laughs> yeah. The beard. What is it? Samson and his hair or whatever? Fitz, yeah. Fitzpatrick and his beard. That's crazy. I know. And the rise so, of Quincy and Unwa. There's so, there's so much to, you know, there's, actually, there's not that much to say. The Fitzpatrick was really good. The defensive line for the Jets is just a run-stuffing machine. Yep. It's terrific. Um, the Bills really don't have 
anything else outside Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins being hurt just shows you how limited their offense is, especially because the run game couldn't get anything going. And then you also see how one-dimensional they become just trying to hand the ball off. And when it came to fourth and one and Sheldon Richardson just, you know, held onto McCoy for dear life. What about the fourth and ones where they just bring out EJ Manuel on short yardage players? That That's... That's really getting return investment on your first-round quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, and early on, Buffalo, hampered by flags. I'm really shocked that a Rex Ryan team, uh, you know, was getting flagged a lot. Strugg- yeah, struggles with penalties. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was huge that shock. Was, um, that, that shocked me, too. I uh, <laughs> No, what, watching the game, and I, every time it came down to third down, and they just went, all right, where's Quincy? There he is. Yeah, to to oh man, he was he was huge on like two crucial third downs early that sort of set the tone for them because otherwise those drives would have been three and out. But Quincy Nunwa on the first drive made a really really good catch, and then uh, and is, then the second was this one the screen pass. There was no the one down the sideline was his first reception, and it was amazing. Oh, sorry, yeah, that was the one. Where, that was the one where he had his back to the sideline. Yeah, right? and then the other one yeah. where he took the like the 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 dump off and then just beat two defenders and and lunged over for a first down. He, um, he... I think they were they were just trying to gain yards there, and Sean uh, Sean McDermott caught a good play, and you know Quincy did the rest. He he made that look good. He made he made the uh, DB miss and just picked up the first down, and then continued on their way. But Forte, his patience and everything in this game was just great. The guy hasn't aged a bit. He's thirty one, and he just looks he looks great. Oh, what a what a bargain. Absolute bargain. And on the other side of the ball, Rex Ryan and, and, and Rob Ryan and these Bills, like, you know, what what kind of team does does Ryan think he has, up, you know, in Buffalo? Like, I'm, the, the identity is confusing to me. Like, offensively, I'm not sure what their identity is. Obviously, Sammy Watkins hurts. You know, he's their best offensive player and he's injured and that makes it tough for Tyrod Taylor because outside of Watkins, the weapons aren't great. But then they can't run the ball effectively. I know that Jets D line was a huge role in this game, but even then, I'm not I'm not sure what the identity is. And Rex Ryan is a defensive coach and prides himself on having, you know, a great defense. But the Bills gave up 493 yards to to the Jets, and he hasn't had a good defense in Buffalo since he's been there. They were much better under Jim Schwartz and uh, the former Browns coach, whose name has just escaped me. He had the Bills defense going very well as well. Did you see the uh, Rex Ryan press conference afterwards? I uh, I missed that. I actually went out for lunch. Can you fill me in? Um, no, I didn't watch it. Either. Oh, you did? No, he. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> ah. He no, he was just. You could tell that he he really does pride himself on the defense, and he was he was a bit. You could tell that he just he had no answers when it came to it. He just didn't know pretty much how Fitzpatrick was doing it. You could yeah. tell he was just like I didn't, you know. I, I didn't know what to do. Essentially, yeah. I'm not. Don't quote me on that, but you know, along along those lines, that he was just like. I, I read that he but, did seem very baffled by everything and was, you know, very, uh, very somber in a very somber mood because um, it's uh, that's a tough loss because they're now zero and two. They've got Arizona up next, and then a road game in New England next on the schedule. They'll be zero and four possibly, and uh, you know his. His butt is going to be very hot. I think he's on the hot seat and could be, you know, the first coach fired. Which, if you listen to our uh, season preview podcast, was one of my picks to be the first coach fired. So uh, we'll wait and see how that pans out. Rob and Rex are standing very close to each other. Oh boy, I was praying for it. That time he touches there, I even had it ready typed at one stage because they were standing so close, and I was just hoping, hoping for something bad or exciting to happen, just so one of them would turn quickly or jump or something. But it didn't happen. But you know, there's still there's still 14 weeks to go. So Absolutely. 
well, not, the for the, not for them. We're talking about six or seven weeks because my bold prediction is going to come true that they'll be working for Fox by Thanksgiving. So we'll wait and see how that uh, that pans out. All right, let's uh, want to talk some news. Let's get into some NFL news. All right, let's start with the Rams. It's going to be Rams-heavy news. They're just the talk of the town this week. Uh, obviously, the LA market helps that. But the Rams side, Michael Brockers, to a three-year contract extension through 2019. He was the number 14 overall pick in 2012. He's in the final year of his rookie contract. And uh, the guaranteed money is uh, is about $16 million and the deal is worth about $33 million over in excess of $33 Million. He only turns 26 in December, so still a young and ascending player. And look, he's not a hugely elite guy, but he's he does his job very well next to Aaron Donald in that and helps that Rams D line sort of be, you know remain elite because he's he's a great sort of run blocker and 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 hole plugger, and then allows Donald and and Robert Quinn to uh, to make their moves and do what they do best. Yeah, I mean, and he's not he's not the biggest name on the defense, but you know he's. He's valuable, and I know that most of the teams in the league would love to have him. So it's, it's a smart move. I mean, the Rams have to do everything they can at the moment to keep the stars, keep something positive at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a good move from my perspective. You now they just got to get rid of Fisher, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And speaking of that, and ESPN's Aiden Gonzalez reports that contract extensions for Rams coach Jeff Fisher and GM Lesneed have yet to be finalised, but expected to get done even after Week One's debacle. So there's still every. If they come out this week, even though they're playing Seattle, if they come out and get their, you know, their butts handed to them, this it's gonna. I don't, I don't know how you can be an LA Rams fan and have any optimism going forward. I just think <laughs> St. Louis has really dodged a bullet. The city of St. Louis. Have you know? I just LA imagine. is gone. Yeah, we'll, we'll take him. But St. Louis at the same time is just gone. Thank you. Sipping Thank mojitos you. and just relaxing and celebrating, just watching them lose. I think is they'll probably get great <laughs> enjoyment out of that. Because the Blues are a decent side. Anyway, Fish Fish is nine games away from being the NFL's all-time losingless coach. So uh, he's nine losses away. So he's definitely going to lose nine games this year because you know seven and nine is the ceiling. But um, I, I can see them easily. He could go 0-16, and, and would he still get a contract extension? It's just unbelievable. <laughs> um, that's it. With this, this show, our shows have become too Fisher-heavy. It's ridiculous. I, I tweeted during the week that, you know, as a as NFL fans, we're frustrated at Jeff Fisher and, and can understand why the Rams, you know, Rams fans are. But as, you know, mediocre podcasters, we really strive to just keep – producing it at Jeff Fisher rate and I hope our careers can just get extended despite the mediocre work that we produce. Yeah, I know. I mean, like you were born on Jeff Fisher Day on the 8th of the 8th. Yeah, exactly. So everything, everything points to Jeff Fisher the base, comes to Wooden. The base God. Last little bit of news, which I thought was funny, was you can now honour Harambe from the NFL.com shop without any restriction. There was a, uh, there was a restriction placed on putting Harambe as your custom name on the back of your jersey um, because Fanatics um, was asked by an unnamed Major League Baseball contact to uh, to stop doing it because across all sports... Fetcher was Tebow. <laughs> yeah, Tebow. No, it was uh, an, a Major League Baseball official, so someone that works for the MLB said that 
that they should stop doing that. And and, if, and Fanatics obviously are you know the major retail uh, supplier for all the major sports. So there was a temporary ban on Harambe being on the back of jerseys, and it's now been lifted. So celebrate good times, everybody, because you can now still get Harambe on the back of your jersey. So it was no longer available for two days, but it's been uh, it's been allowed now. So you can continue uh, your dreams of having Harambe on the back of your jersey. <laughs> Unbelievable. I've said unbelievable like 12 Finally. times today, but I don't care because it's just, this is the news that I love. I love reading stuff like this. It's the internet. It's great. <laughs> don't don't be on the wrong side of Harambe on the internet because you will lose. I was I clicked on the most, uh, on the viral charts on Spotify. Did you, have you seen what the number one song is? No. It is something out for Harambe is the number one viral <laughs> song worldwide. <laughs> Uh, people, if you want to hear something funny, listen to that song. <laughs> oh, oh boy, that's so good. And I think I retweeted on the Wooten Y account today. It was a filmmaker saying, if I get a million retweets, I'll make a, a motion picture about Harambe. So I thought that the pod would love to see that, and I retweeted it. <laughs> By the way, um, did you see the baby gorilla that was named in China? No. I think it was China. They had a competition and they had to name a baby gorilla that was born. The name that they came up with was Harambe McHarambe Face. Oh, was no. the That was the competition winner. So oh, boy. There's oh. a, you know. <laughs> <All right. laughs> they better chickity check themselves before they wreck themselves, Cotton. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. So obviously we've had the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills game. Uh, it was funny last yesterday before the game, Jets were uh, favoured minus one, and I took that. And then I woke up this morning and was just gifted a plus one line um, for the Jets. So I doubled down and I was happy with that. And unfortunately for you, we, um, Sammy Watkins played, so your disclaimer was uh, not upheld. Yeah, but uh, we spoke. We were speaking beforehand, and I did place a little wager on the Jets. So yep. in the end, I was going for the Jets. Yep. They get they uh, thanks Fitz Magic for that. He did well. All right, let's move on to the rest of the games. And Cincinnati plus three, two dollars uh, on the road against Pittsburgh minus three to dollar eighty three. Your thoughts on on this game? I think this is the game of the week. It was the game of the year last year in the playoffs. It's going to be an absolute doozy. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's it's one of those games. It's going to be nasty. It's got a lot of storylines going into it, and I think that um, you mentioned. Um, D'Angelo Williams in our Daily Fantasy uh, podcast that he might have a big game. I think he he is a player that is going to have to play well for um, Pittsburgh to to come out on top. I think though if it if it is this nasty game, I think Pittsburgh it suits Pittsburgh. Even though you know the Bengals are you know a nasty team as well, I think Pittsburgh are used to it. They're used to it. They're at home as well, so that's a a, a big uh, big benefit. But I don't think Antonio Brown can be covered, so I think they'll they'll come out on top. But three, I think they'll win by more than a field goal. Mm. Uh, it's it's interesting because you know Pittsburgh looked quite vulnerable early on in that game against Washington, but like Kirk Cousins could not finish a drive, could not finish it off, and obviously wasn't throwing the ball deep. And they made adjustments. I think Andy Dalton has proved that he can be a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, and will will tempt to throw the ball downfield. And with AJ Green, he can do that. And I think that they won't. You know, fall short on so many drives like like Washington did. I think they can keep it interesting. Um, obviously, taking advantage of no Le'Veon Bell, but I think D'Angelo Williams will have a will have a big game. But I think Cincinnati can keep this close. I, I just think that this is one of the best. I think this is the best rivalry in the NFL right now, and I think it's going to be a close. And 
can get even money for Cincinnati plus three. I think they can cover. I think it, it'll be a close game. Nice. All right, let's move on. Tennessee plus six on the road, dollar ninety one to Detroit minus six, dollar ninety one. Detroit coming off a an absolute shootout win. Tennessee disappointing against Sean Hill, but this game I, I like Detroit minus six. I think uh, their offense is too high powered against this Tennessee defense, which played quite well and, and handled uh, Adrian Peterson quite well last week. But this is a whole different team with weapons across the board and a quarterback that can that can obviously beat you deep where Sean Hill couldn't. And I think Matthew Stafford and this Jim Bob Cooter offense will put up too many points for Tennessee, who, who fell short on that exotic smash mouth, which we're all excited about. We thought, oh, exotic smash mouth in the preseason, but we didn't see it in week one. And that's why I was a bit skeptical on picking them in week one, because I just wanted to see it translate. But yeah, I think yeah. Detroit minus six in this one. I can't add too much more. I just think neither defense is, you know, overwhelmingly great. Tennessee is, is better, but neither are, you know, something to write home about. But mm. I think D- Detroit's offense is just too well-rounded, especially now that who would have thought Megatron leaving was going to just, you know, make the offense possibly look better? They look well-rounded. The running backs are performing well, and I think that, you know, Tennessee might have their hands full trying to um, find out, you know, where Stafford's going with the ball because he played terrifically well last week. Yeah, against a, a very hapless Colts secondary, but he had to do what he had to do and, t- and took advantage of it. But I, I really liked what I saw out of Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick, especially Riddick as a ball runner because we don't really expect that from him. So we're both on yep. Detroit minus six. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, Baltimore minus six and a half at a dollar ninety-five. Cleveland plus six and a half at a dollar eighty-seven. RG three on uh, on IR at the at this point could come back, but Josh McCown is the is the starter at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, which is good, good news for Duke Johnson. Good news for Gary Barnage, whose value. Uh, immediately upticks. It's bad news for Terrell Pryor and and the and the deep ball. Obviously, RG three a much better deep deep passer than Josh McCown. But I think Josh McCown's a much safer option at quarterback. I think he's a better option at quarterback. And I think this Cleveland offense could you know keep things interesting for a while. But you really you struggle with this this Cleveland defense, and you you, you like to see what Joe Flacco you know, who had an okay game last week, but obviously coming back from that ACL injury, this could be a game that can really get him into rhythm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Flacco uses uh, Perryman and players like that. I think they do. This could be a this could be a blowout. You could easily see it being a blowout, but I think with McCowan back, he is the better quarterback. Baltimore, I don't think will be able to handle. I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. The so offensive prowess or the. Because there is a lot of weapons on that Cleveland defense. It's it's not an overpowering offense. However, there's just there's so many different little facets of their offense that it could go any way. See, like Isaiah Crowell isn't exactly a weapon, but he played decent against Philadelphia. And then we've mentioned Duke Johnson, and Duke Johnson could have a big game after you know not doing anything last week. And the the Baltimore defense isn't exactly stout, so. I mean, it's interesting, but I just think McCowan is going to be able to keep them, uh, you know, just their heads above water, just enough to cover that line. Yeah, and I think that line will probably shoot out. If it gets up over a touchdown, like seven and a half before kickoff, that's something that I'd, I'd really like. But in terms of a tip, I like Cleveland plus six and a half. I'm not I'm not sure. Like, Baltimore's defense played quite well, but that Buffalo offense we saw again last night is, is a debacle at this point. And so how much weight do you weigh into... Baltimore's defense, who knows? So I think Cleveland's offense is much better with McCown at the at the helm. Sorry, did I start Than what we saw out of Tyrod Taylor and the Bills. So I'm taking Cleveland plus six and a half. Me too. Yep. All right. The next game. The next game is the hardest one for me to pick. Dallas plus three dollar eighty seven 
uh, at Washington minus three to dollar ninety five. Why? Where are you struggling? I'm struggling because I think it. I think this game has every possibility of being not a shootout, but just it's being so close that it could go either way. I think you know what, like it it could be a shootout. I think that neither defense is exactly uh, good. I don't. I think there are That's there fair. are things there are players there that you know can obviously um, create turnovers. Josh Norman, Breland, but Breland Sean got torched. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean Lee. I mean, there's there are players there that can make plays, but I just think there's too many question marks in regards to Dallas. I think if it gets to a shootout, even though I'm not overly um, fond of Kirk Cousins, I'd still rather Kirk going into battle with Kirk Cousins, throwing it to his array of weapons with Garcon Jackson, who played well last week, Doxon, those players, than Dak Prescott just trying to force feed it to Des Bryant. And last week it became just a matter of where's Jason Witten? Get it to Jason Witten because Ezekiel Elliott wasn't doing anything. There is uh, the storyline of Alfred Morris against his old team, so we'll we'll That's see how that goes and whether or not saucy. they try to give him a little bit more, a little bit more carries. But I don't know. I th- I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a close one. And if it, if it is close, I'd I'd rather side with Washington because I think you know it's. A player who's been there before and not a rookie in his second game in a division game. See, Plus the cowboy, the Cowboys are below five hundred, so everything's coming out a win for Washington <laughs> for Kirk Cousins. See, I'm the complete opposite to you in this. I, despite the limited snaps we've seen from Dak Prescott, I would much rather him than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, if you didn't watch the Case Keenum Blaine Gabbert game, you would have thought that he was probably the worst quarterback of Week One. I just found him so. I, th- I thought he was horrible. I just thought he was. Oh, he did. He played horrible. He and was, there was terrible. Like, there, was, there was there was open players and he missed them, but he was terrible think, throwing it past the sticks. And then when he finally did, he was intercepted. I think he'll have more time against this Dallas defensive line who hasn't been, you know, who aren't anything. Yep. Until they're they're suspended players yeah. come back. So I think that that's a huge plus and. I mean, I, I just look at what both teams have, and even though the Dallas's defensive line is great, and D'Angelo Williams, like they saw what they did, and their offensive line isn't as good as Dallas's, and I think Dallas can have success there. Mm. I don't know. I just there's just uh, I have that feeling that it's going to be a shootout, and that Kirk Cousins at home can overcome that. All right, I'm taking Dallas plus three, and you mentioned Jason Witten before. The guy doesn't age at all. It's it's awesome, and he has he's still like the most dad bod guy in the NFL and runs like he's like a father of three. And it's amazing. Like that's, if you go down to your local park, that's how like fathers are playing Frisbee. That's how they run. And he's doing it in the NFL and finding success. It's so good. The next game is going to be, you mentioned shootout. This is going to be a shootout. And it was a shootout for the ages last year. New Orleans plus four and a half on the road. New York Giants minus four and a half. It's a dollar ninety one each way. This game was fifty two forty nine last year. There was thirteen passing touchdowns and then there was a pick six as well. So there was fourteen total touchdowns in it. There was no rushing. It was just all throwing. It was just Breeze v Eli in a shootout. And the difference this year is New York Giants defense has dramatically improved, and we saw that um, last week. And New York Giants D line actually got a lot of pressure through that Dallas Great Wall, and it, it was quite telling actually. And it affected Zeke in that run game. They were dominant at the point of attack, that Giants D-line. And I can see them doing the same against this New Orleans offensive line. And I, I just think New York Giants will be able to put up so many points without Delvin Bro 
now out for New Orleans and still no Sheldon Rankins. This front, this whole defense is is deplorable, and I think the Giants will win minus four and a half. I, I like that. Me too. Um, the only thing I wanted to add is that despite you know the flashy nature of uh, Olivier Vernon and JPP, Snacks Harrison is just such a mm. such an impact player, especially being able to stop that offensive line last week or occupy space and not let Zeke get that many you know. Um, yards through the middle was just, you know, that's such an incredible feat, especially that offensive uh, against that offensive line. It was incredible. So yeah. I think, yeah, they even though they're they're kind of their linebacking core and things like that aren't that terrific. The the, the pressure that they generate from their from their front defensive line and their defensive backs, who they you know they've picked up Jenkins and you know the locks, they're 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 much improved, like you said. So yeah. I think there is some. There's some resemblance of a defense for the Giants where New Orleans, they're picking players off the street that they're throwing straight into the lineup. So I can't imagine the Giants um, having trouble scoring points against. Them. No, they, they signed a player this week that I've never even heard of. Like, I know, like, we know practice pl- squad players and a few people that have bounced around teams that they literally signed a guy that I've never even seen his name ever, ever in anything. So it's, it's definitely interesting. And a big shout out to Willie Snead, too. Um, a lot of talk about your boy Michael Thomas, who played well, but Willie Sneed is really ascending as a as a number two wide receiver in the NFL. And uh, he was another guy that was on the Cleveland, you know, Cleveland practice squad and was bouncing around. And now look at him at another team. It's uh, it's quite sad, but I think you know Cleveland will be happy with the wide receivers that they have in their lineup now. Uh, the next game, San Francisco plus thirteen and a half. Hey, they won twenty eight nil, and now they're uh, thirteen and a half underdogs. The reason why is they're playing Carolina in Carolina, dollar ninety one each way. This could get ugly and fast. I'll say one thing though, I really was impressed by the San Francisco's sort of front seven, uh, Eric Armstead and, and DeForest Buckner. Buckner was quite overlooked in the stinky stinkiness of that game. He 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 was quite well quite played quite well for a rookie and I, I liked what I saw from them, but I just think Carolina will be uh, far too strong and should dominate from start to finish. Yeah, I I I was surprised with how I'm not sure if it was how bad San Fran, I mean how bad LA played, or it was how well San Fran played. But I think despite them winning 28 nothing, Gabbard still had some shock as oh, their offense. He was terrible. It was like 3.8 yards per attempt or something. Yeah, they stunk. And I mean Carolina coming home for their first home game of the season, being fired up, embarrassed again by Denver. They're 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 out for blood and. I think it, this might be one of those games where they, they get a roll on. And this might be the... I think even though people are optimistic about San Francisco, I think this could be this could get ugly, like you said. Yeah, it's it's going to be quite ugly. I'm taking Carolina minus 13.5. There's every chance yep. that they get up to a really early lead and then you see some Derek Anderson late in the fourth quarter or even the third quarter and there could be sort of a backdoor cover from San Fran with some late yardages as well. I'm going to mention... Carlos Hyde, who looks like the perfect running back for Chip Kelly's system, and that was, that was you know all the talk of the town was Chip going over there to have an athletic quarterback in his system, but you know overlooked was Carlos Hyde's fit with Chip Kelly. Yep. Uh, Miami plus six and a half against New England minus six and a half. That's better. New England favorite. That just feels right in the world when they're favorite um, minus six and a half at home. Dollar ninety one. Jimmy Garoppolo coming off a really good performance. We talked about that in our uh, recap podcast during the week so if you want to listen to that uh, check that out but the, this New England team and I, I, I said last week will never ever ever bet against Bill Belichick I think New England will win but I think this Miami defensive front may trouble Garoppolo and Miami always seem to play 
New England quite solid. It's um, in the division. You, you seem to get a few teams that trouble people, and they can be a bit of a bogey team at times. And I think this Miami front seven will uh, g- generate plenty of pressure and, and can keep Garoppolo contained early on. I think uh, I think they can cover the spread at, at plus six and a half. Yeah, I think, like you said, this is a team that has they they generally split the the games one one each each year. So I think this is kind of Belichick's bogey team. They um, the defense played quite well against Seattle, and they kept it. Um, that was one of the biggest, even though they lost, it was kind of one of the biggest upsets of the first round that Seattle didn't just run away with it. The defense actually showed up. I think Garoppolo is going to have far more trouble against the Dolphins um, than he did against Arizona, which is, which seems funny now that you, like when you say it um, after one week that you know, you're going to have more trouble against the Dolphins than you did against the Arizona defense. But I think that is going to be the way that it is. Um yeah, like you said, I'm not betting against New England winning. I think they will win, but I do think Miami will keep it close into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and uh, we've got to mention as well, like Miami had a chance to win that if Kenny Stills doesn't drop an absolute sitter. Like, they had a chance to beat Seattle in Seattle in, in week one, which is quite phenomenal when you really look at it. And it is a tough, tough road trip to start the year. You've gone to Seattle and now all the way back to New England. It's a tough ask for Miami, and it's tough for Adam Gase. But that offense seemed to... Look a little bit better. It's tough to sort of, you know, generate points and and plenty of yardage against that Seattle defense. So, and then they f- they find another tough matchup against this New England defense. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kansas City plus two and a half at a dollar ninety one. Houston minus two and a half at a dollar ninety one. I know you're a big fan of Houston in this matchup. So uh, convince me. I just think we saw how much Kansas City struggled last week against San Diego, and I. You look at, I know this is kind of just like an eye test thing at the moment, and you see how um, poorly they played against San Diego before Keenan Allen went down. And you look at how well-rounded and everything Houston looked. And I think looking at Kansas City and how much they struggled against Melvin Gordon, who isn't as good as Lamar Miller, who O'Brien has a lot of faith in. And I made the prediction at the start of the year that he was going to have the most carries of all running backs and that that looks like it could well possibly come true. He mm-hmm. he's getting a he's getting a lot of work and I think that both for Houston and I think with the huge question marks around the guards for Kansas City and whether or not they're going to play at all bodes very well for this defensive line who um, you know performed quite well last week and now that was with a Watt who was, you know Yeah wasn't at his best himself. No, so he he should be he should have another week's rest and another week's uh, worth of training. So I think if if Clowney and Watt can get on a roll, it could be it could be a long day for Kansas City. Hmm, interesting. I uh, so you're definitely on Houston minus two and a half. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm feeling Kansas City plus two and a half. I, I, I think back to that playoff game last year and and they just dominated from start to finish. But obviously, it's a different. Houston offense with Lamar Miller and Brock Osweiler. I wasn't look Osweiler played well in the fourth quarter, but I wasn't too convinced by him early on in in that game last week. Um, the the guards are a concern, but Spencer Ware, what a what a player he is! Like, would it shock you if the Chiefs start shopping Jamal Charles around? No, I would do it if I was there. Yeah, it's just tough because he's been a one team player and he's just been an absolute like he's been probably their oh Priest Holmes is, was pretty good, but he's just like. Jamal Charles is just Mr. Reliable and 4.5 yards per carry, like career average is just phenomenal. And he he's a guy that is, you know, a franchise, a face of the franchise. So it is tough to trade, but Spencer Ware, is, it's hard to ignore his ability and keep him off the field. 
the, the lack of guards is a concern. If they are out, like both of them are out, they're still questionable at this point. I probably would change my tip, so I'm going to put that disclaimer in there. But at the moment, I think Kansas City could can cover. It might be a close one. Like Houston, like Houston. Seattle minus seven on the road. First game in LA, in LA for the Los Angeles Rams in this new era at the Coliseum. But seven point underdogs. You can get Seattle minus seven at two dollars. Los Angeles plus seven at a dollar eighty three. We mentioned Miami being a bogey team for New England. Los Angeles have been a bogey team. For Seattle, and we mentioned last week that we thought Seattle, uh, Los Angeles could lose to San Fran and then end up winning against Seattle, and it wouldn't shock shock us at all if if that would happen. But given the given the way they played on Monday, I, I just can't get behind it. The at, only, at the only thing I have the only thing I have to say is that you, obviously Seattle Seattle are a far better team, but yeah, I'd I'd much rather not go in backing Jeff Fisher and be wrong. Yeah. Than backing him and just watching him get slaughtered and thinking, why on earth did I take a Jeff Fisher team led by Case Keenum against Seattle's defense? What what a stupid! I would I would hate myself. Especially, so I, yeah, especially when you can get Seattle minus seven at, at even money, and like if you back a Pete Carroll Russell Wilson led team, you're going to win most of the time. So I think that's you know history's in in their favor. It is a bit of a bogey team, and it will be their first game in LA. So you'd imagine that they're going to be pumped up and fired up, but. The way Case King played, it's also Pete Carroll's return to um, to California. So, as well. yeah, there's another side story. So I think he'd obviously want to continue his winning record there. Absolutely, he would. And I, I, even money minus seven, there is some question marks over Russell Wilson, who had an ankle injury. It was a complete accident by Ndamukong Sue. It's just funny how it always seems to be him that's injuring quarterbacks by like stomping on them. It's just un- yeah. It's unreal how that always pans out. And Thomas Rawls, I'd, I'd still, name starter. Wouldn't you still much? I'd still much prefer a ten percent healthy Russell Wilson than a hundred and fifty percent healthy Case Keenum. I'd rather Russell Wilson just play on his knees than Case Keenum. I'd rather Jeff Fisher as quarterback than <laughs> no. <laughs> no, all right, moving on. Too far, Tampa but uh, yeah. Tom, sorry, Thomas Rawls is starting, but you'll see plenty of Christian Michael, I think. But uh, Thomas Rawls is named the starter. But minus seven at two dollars, please come on down. Uh, Tampa Bay plus seven at a dollar eighty-seven. Arizona minus seven at a dollar ninety-five. Two teams, you know, their scripts couldn't have been more changed. Based on week one, I think uh, Tampa Bay—they've never been—they've never looked sort of more promising in this uh, Winston era, and Arizona never looked more shaky in this Bruce Arians era after going down against New England minus Gronk, minus Brady, minus a whole heap of players. So when you come into this game, it's sort of the arrows are pointing in, in completely different directions. Yeah, I just—I look at them. I both think they're going to have strong games. I think Tampa's obviously going to find this game more difficult, but I still think they'll be able to find success. And I think obviously Arizona's going to have a grudge um, after how they played last week and how Arians would have definitely fired this team up. But even though I think Arizona, similar to the New England game, I think that Arizona will win. But I think Tampa is going to keep it close. I think they're going to, yeah, they've got, they've got enough firepower to trouble the defense of Arizona, especially because opposite uh, Patrick Peterson, there is. There is space there. So, I mean, so they've got their four-headed monster in... Uh, they've got their two tight ends, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Cameron Brait. Then they've also got Mike Evans and uh, Vincent Jackson. So they're always going to find, um, you know, an, uh, a mismatch against whoever's opposite Patrick Brent, Peterson. Yeah, who, Brandon Williams. Yeah, Brandon Williams, who Terrible. struggled last week. Terrible. Who struggled last week. 
So Your boy Chris Hogan to... torched him. Guys, thanks for the love, by the way. My phone nearly had a meltdown of its own. It uh it, it nearly it nearly buzzed off the table. It was crazy. Thanks um, for the love. I was people were sliding unreal. into my DMs. People were sliding into my DMs going, wow. by the way, did you see Hogan? I was like, Wow, thanks. Of course I did. I did. <laughs> of course I did. I had him on player camp. Um yeah. and I'm the sole proprietary owner of ChrisHogan.com. I wonder if that's owned, because I'm going to go get it. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I think there's going to be enough success on that side of the field for them to, you know, find success. So I think they'll be able to keep it close enough. I think the seven's just too big. Mm. I think Arizona will come out and be a totally different team. We saw them struggle early last year against New Orleans in their first week matchup, and then and then they lost again, obviously, in week two against the Rams. But I just I think, like, Arizona will will come out firing. I felt like they were in second gear all game last last week, and then when they finally yeah. sort of clicked in the gear, Larry Fitzgerald just took over that match. He was he was on fire like a man possessed. He was making Carson Palmer look far better than what he was playing. Yep, could not in agree the preseason, more. In the preseason and at the end of last season, people were talking about, you know, Carson Palmer, I don't, it's like similar to, like, Revis and the players of that age like bracket, they they just they've had this drop off, and he looks like he you know might possibly be having that getting to that point in his career where he's just you know struggling. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm mm. still not sold. He doesn't look, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look really confident. Even though the final drive and everything that was that was all uh, good finding uh, Fitzgerald, but I don't know, I don't know. I'm well, going with Tampa. I like Tampa. And with quarterbacks, it just falls off a cliff. Like you just don't expect it. So it could be this year that the cliff is just hit, and that's it. And all the all the data backs that up. So we'll wait and see. But I, I think Arizona minus seven. I think like if they did, if they won last if they won last week, that line would be nine, ten and a half. I think so. I'm liking that. Uh, Jacksonville plus three at two dollars on the road across the country. San Diego minus three, dollar eighty three. Interesting line here. I, I feel like Jacksonville played really well last week against Green Bay. Obviously, that final drive they came up short, and I threw Gus Bradley under the bus for their play call on fourth and one with that bubble screen three yards behind the line of scrimmage. But they they kept things close and kept things really interesting against a really good Green Bay team. And San Diego, obviously, you know, head home with the in a tail between their legs after blowing that lead and losing Keenan Allen, and now Joey Bosa is likely out again. It's really tough, and I feel like this could be a, a good game where all the signs are pointing to Jacksonville, you know, plus three points at $2. It seems value, but you you think that it could be a trap game. Yeah, I see it as possibly a trap game. I think San Diego might just rock in and say, we've done it before without Keenan Allen, we can do it again, and just put Jacksonville away. But I don't know, Jags looked good last week, and like you said, San Diego going through a bit of a rough time. So I like Jacksonville to come out on top. They have they have some decent weapons on offense and defense at the moment. Yeah. Ramsey played well as well. Yeah, he played really well in special teams and in the run game, obviously, that you know, the coverage stuff will start to get better as his time in the NFL continues. But I feel like this game should just be a pick 'em. So you're getting plus three at $2. I think that's just probably a valuable. But that, as you said, like this game could go anyway. Obviously, with Phil Rivers and Blake Bortles, two quarterbacks that can just turn it on at any point and, and, and explode and, and pull out a win. Uh, Chris Ivory yeah. hopefully will be back and playing. Uh, obviously, missed last week with some sort of health scare. Still not sure about what, what happened there. So he he's a totally different different style of runner to Yeldon. It's a good combo, and I think they missed that violence on those short yardage situations. He would have come in handy on that fourth and one. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on. Atlanta plus four and a half on the road to Oakland, who are minus four and a half. It's ninety-one each way at this point. Oakland's defense, you know, you thought their secondary was improved. It didn't quite pan out that way. Sean Smith benched 
during that game torched by Brennan Cooks. And now they face Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. Sanu looks really good. It's uh, worked out well in that passing game, but Oakland, Atlanta's defense just as bad. And this game will be a high-scoring affair and looks to be a shootout. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm pretty much just taking the home team in this. I think it could go either way, especially because Oakland's defense didn't uh, stand up to anywhere what people thought. That was a bad sentence, but they didn't. <laughs> they uh, yeah, Oakland's defense weren't anywhere near their best. And, I mean, Sean Smith got benched, so that just shows you how bad they were playing. But I do – minus four and a half just isn't enough for me. I just think uh, – yeah, I think Oakland should be able to cover that, especially because, I mean, they have a defense that just didn't perform where Atlanta just doesn't. Yeah, especially with their secondary, they're starting to Sean Goldson at this point because Keanu Neal is out injured, so – you know, Atlanta's defense, you, you hope it would be getting a little bit better as the season goes on. And, you know, they've got rookies in key spots. So obviously that they'll start to play a little bit better as the season goes on. But this Oakland offense is rolling on all cylinders. I still am not sure about Latavius Murray long. I think he could be gone by like the end of, not gone, but I think he could be in a, like a three-way job share by the end of the year. Hope so. <laughs> uh, so we're both on Oakland minus four and a half. Let's move on. Indianapolis, my Colts plus six on the road. Mile High Stadium, Super Bowl champions, Denver minus six at a dollar ninety one. Trevor Simeon, undefeated in the NFL, favoured in his second matchup. Yeah, I I'm I'm going with the Colts. I just think Andrew, your Mr. Luck, will be able to keep this close enough if he's not killed by the end of the game. <laughs> so if the offensive line holds up to you know any degree and gives him any amount of time and that he can get some players off, I think he'll be able to keep the game um, within six points. Saying that, though, it could quite easily be just, you know, Swiss cheese offensive line where they're just, you know, finding holes everywhere. I feel like um, Anthony Costando played really well and he's been underrated as a a left tackle and I think he's sort of made strides now that he has some help inside. And Jack Muhort actually played last week after there was an ACL scare. I want some of his blood. I want it bottled up as a health... Uh, kick because I'm I'm struggling right now with the flu and you can probably hear that in my voice and I apologise but I'm not well but I need some of Muhort's blood but uh, I think Costanzo will hold up a lot better against uh, the Denver pass rush than what Michael Orr and, and Mike Remmers does obviously our right tackle will struggle a little bit Joe Reeds but our offensive line held up really well last week Luck had a lot more time and he played really really well like he's back like it was he he was vintage Luck it was really really good to watch him play and. I think that they can keep things interesting, but I really worry about, you know, our run defense was shocking. We cannot tackle, and CJ Anderson looks like he's being fired out of a cannon every time he receives a ball in a handoff, and I think he could absolutely run right and Denver control the clock. And, and But I still think the Colts can cover, but I don't think they'll win. That's why I'm taking them plus six, but I just think the ball control game from Denver and that defense will, will get them over the line. Yep, I agree. All right, Green Bay? Yep. Green Bay, Minnesota? Lines so are two, two and a half. Yep, two and a half, and a dollar ninety-one both sides. Yep. Even though I think well, Sam Bradford, it's going to be his first game. You suspect has it been named? No, it's still up in the air. But I'd imagine Sam Bradford will, go. will yeah. get the start. Like I think Sage Rosenthal's tweeted something like he's a former quarterback, and he's like, I would keep playing Sean Hill until he loses. But like Sean Hill was not the reason they won that game. Their defense was the reason they won that game. And I think if no, Sam Mariota's Mariota's head meltdown is what won that game. I don't know what happened there. 
they were they were in it. They were they were playing, you know, fine. They were keeping in that game, and then I don't know what happened. They just they just threw it away, literally mm. threw it away to Minnesota. But uh, I mean, even though I think Minnesota will play well, Bradford will be an improvement on Sean Hill. I don't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers. I just don't. No. Last week. Last week, he was literally being swung around by his jersey and threw a touchdown. So I just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go again. Pinpoint accurate, like, <laughs> I can't get over the over the throw. It was sensational. Yeah, I don't, yeah, don't want to go against him. Yeah. He does struggle a little bit against Minnesota and Mike Zimmer's defense recently, and he doesn't, you know, have his best performances. But I just think with no, with the struggles on, on that Minnesota offense and Sam Bradford getting his first start, I, I think Green Bay can cover. They didn't cover... Last week they uh, ruined our lock of the week by uh, by a half, but uh, I think they'll cover in this set, in this circumstance uh, minus two and a half against Minnesota. What about this Minnesota defense? So Eric Kendricks and uh, just uh, Daniil Hunter, just two unbelievable players for them. Uh, good draft picks, you know, second round draft picks and a third round draft pick, just developing quite nicely. This Minnesota defense, I can't say enough about how good they are, though. Yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I, I can't. I can't fault them. They played. They played really well. But mm. yeah, yeah. You won't. Ex, you won't get brain explosions like uh, Mariota did from from Aaron Rodgers. No, no. Hopefully not. All right. Monday night football game. Your Philadelphia Eagles on the road in Chicago, so- Soldier Field. Chicago are favourites. Minus three at a dollar eighty three. Philadelphia plus three at two dollars. What's your thoughts and who you're taking in this one? Well, my thoughts are that. I just think that now that McKelvin is out, Zach Ertz is out, I think that Philadelphia will uh, struggle to move the ball more than what they did, obviously, against Cleveland. That's not that's not exactly a shock. That but is correct. I, I don't want to – I'm going to be a bit of a homer here and stick with the Wentz wagon. I mean, it the was Wentz mentioned wagon. by it – was, it was mentioned by Obama this week, getting on the Wentz wagon. So I'm wow. – I'm, uh, he was in he was in Philadelphia and he was talking that Joe Joe Biden said you know everyone's aboard the Wentz wagon he has the highest selling jersey this week so I mean every everyone's aboard the Wentz wagon I'm staying on it I think that um, you know this Chicago defense is a bit is a bit sketchy and then hopefully hopefully there's a new game plan and uh, Wentz hope hopefully he lives up to the hype he just continues it I'm just I'm just banking on that I do think you know Chicago. This is going to be a very competitive game, and that you can easily see Chicago winning by more than two touchdowns. But saying that, I just think they're going. Langford will be bottled up, and then if it comes down to Cutler's arm, I think Philadelphia might have a bit of success because, you know, uh, Philadelphia's pass rush is significant, and we know how Cutler is under pressure when he just he forces throws and like that. And the, the uh, Philadelphia defense is pretty opportunistic, so they they might. Uh, you know, find some turnovers that way. Yeah, I just feel like the Cutler to Alshon Jeffrey uh, connection is probably the best thing in this game, and that's why I'm just leaning towards Chicago. And it's only narrowly in front of. You don't like Wentz to Matthews? That was very, very good. Last that was week. straight fire. It was pretty. Um, it was pretty good. But uh, I, I just think that Jeffrey, like Cutler, can throw the ball like five thousand yards into the air, and I'll just trust that Jeffrey will somehow come up with it. It's. It's uh his ball tracking ability and his and his range is is phenomenal and I think that that that's the best connection in this game closely followed by that Eagles front seven which I've raved about in preview podcasts and I'm a big fan of but I just think at home Chicago played pretty well and and they might have overachieved a little bit last week with their secondary play but I think that uh, you know it's a little bit 
it's a little bit of a better matchup to to what they faced in Houston last week, and I think Chicago can come away with that win. But it wouldn't shock me at all if the Wentz wagon just um you know keeps rolling uh, and they he comes away with another win. Yeah, the, I uh, I just want to mention Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills had to had to step in last week and play uh you know a more prominent role when McKelvin got hurt. He played terrific. That guy is straight out awesome. Mm-hmm. He is he, he is good. He's good, and like he's especially good at um, covering the 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 curl routes and the little cutbacks and things like that. He's he's good, and he was the one that laid out and injured RG three. So Browns fans, you can thank Jalen Mills for that. Oh god, controversial take from you, mate. <laughs> All right, uh, lock of the week. The Wooten Y lock of the week proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, what's your lock of the week? I'm going to go with Houston against Kansas City. I like it. Houston at home. Minus two and a half at a dollar ninety one. I like it. All right, that's the that's your lock of the week. Houston minus two and a half at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Correct. Correct. So, all right. All right. Uh, my lock of the week is the New York Giants minus four and a half at home against the New Orleans Saints. No Delvin Bro. No Sheldon Rankins. This New Orleans defense stinks, and I think uh, Eli Manning, Odell Beckham. Uh, Sterling Shepard, and we might we might see a bit of salsa dancing from Victor Cruz. I think they'll come away with a with an easy win. So hopefully we improve on our last week. I don't feel as confident in these two as we did our last two. So um, we'll wait and see how that actually pans out. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Last week was difficult. Last week was difficult. Yeah. First week's always tough. So that's it. Just repeating our lock of the week: Houston minus two and a half, New York Giants minus four and a half. If you want to parlay them, give that a go. And that wraps up the show. I hope you enjoyed our week two preview. What game are you most looking forward to watching outside of your uh, outside of your own teams? Um, I am obviously looking forward to the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. I think that'll be that'll be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see a lot. I, I like I like the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. I'm interested to see the Green Bay Minnesota. I want to see how Andrew Luck goes against the Dem- uh, the Broncos. So. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a few this week that I like, and I also like. I want to see how Dallas and Washington go. Mm, that was a game that I'm interested in watching, and I really want to see how this Tampa Bay Arizona, how these teams, you know, if they rewrite the narrative or if that um, narrative and, and script continues for both of those teams. And I do really want to see how McCowan, you know, changes this Cleveland offense, uh, you know, moving forward. So there's some of the the interesting watches. Obviously, that Cincinnati there you go, guys. Pittsburgh. We just named half the games, and we all want to, want to see half. <laughs> Every single game. But anyway, that wraps up the show. We'll be back uh, Tuesday or Wednesday early next week to recap what should be a terrific week two and uh, and also talk some DFS as well next week. So as always, you can follow the show at Wooten Y. You can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow me at Woot, etc. And you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka, Radio Hub. Tune in. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Wooten Y, and give us a like on Facebook, The Wooten Y Show. Peace.